Hello there, my name is Johnny Rose and I'm the host of In The Know, the podcast for B2B professionals that want to beat the competition. With me today is Jennifer Schulze. Jennifer is an experienced cross-functional marketing leader who is currently serving as head of product and demand marketing at Baker Hughes, a GE company. Jennifer has nearly 20 years of senior B2B marketing leadership experience and has served at various points of her career at SAP in various departments including being a VP of product marketing, marketing transformation, customer marketing and channel marketing before making the leap to GE in 2017. Jennifer Schulze, welcome to In The Know. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for hosting me today. No problem. So Jennifer, I've sort of run through a very brief history of your career in product and demand marketing, but what would be really useful for the audience listening today would be if you wouldn't mind expanding a little bit and telling us a bit more about yourself and how you got involved in the world of demand generation. Yeah, happy to. So I've always worked in the the world of demand generation and with the demand gen team as a content provider as a leader of both product and portfolio marketing teams. However, it always struck me that the two were somewhat disconnected. The demand gen and the digital marketing piece often left these other groups, the content group, the portfolio marketing group, asking pivotal questions like, why isn't my content being fully leveraged? Or if it is, when, where, why? And demand gen is a space that's really growing, and it ties together the aspects of the business that drive revenue in key ways via many tactics. Good demand gen, when you do it right, puts the pieces of the puzzle together effectively and it answers those questions effectively to really help the content marketers do a better job and to serve up the right content at the right time. For example, uh, in account-based marketing and targeted marketing initiatives, delivering the content at the right time in the right way and ensuring the prospect and the customer nurturing and knowledge is delivered effectively is absolutely key via all the right channels. And so essentially when you tie the two together, demand and content marketing, portfolio marketing, and the marketing the other aspects of the value chain, you really maximize both your prospect, your customer, and the people doing the work, you maximize their time. And you ensure that you've got all those pieces of the puzzle together effectively in the right ways. Interesting, Jennifer. Now, as part of your, you know, sort of your career and you coming up through the ranks, you've invariably worked in very large, complex B2B enterprises. And so with that, you know, be it the SAP and the various business lines that you were presiding over in your time there, or now at GE and at, you know, Baker Hughes in particular, to it, my question to you is, what would you say, as, as, and this is a very present challenge for you, I imagine, and your peers, what would you say in your experience or from what you're hearing amongst your peers are the, the, big, the big or the biggest marketing challenge for those who are working in large enterprises? Yeah, consistently what I see, uh, Johnny, is that the biggest marketing challenge for, for organizations today is the siloed marketing approach. They have the benefit in that they have large marketing teams. They often have large marketing budgets. But the reality is each one of those teams looks at themselves often as an individual uh, organization. And that just doesn't work when you're trying to create one customer voice. These large companies especially struggle because it prevents them from delivering that one voice that one approach to the customer. At the end of the day, the customer does not care whether you have a demand team, a content team, a branding team. They are looking for you to answer their 
need, and they want you to bring all those pieces together in the back end. So the customer experience, when you have this notion of siloed organizations, is extremely fragmented. And where the customer is on their journey is not always clear to each one of those organizations. And so you have to bring that together um, in order to, to close a deal and to get it unstuck um, and to really make that customer one voice from your company, one, uh, you know, one brand, one, uh, um, I'm going to pause there. So let me just give it a minute. So the customer experience is fragmented, and it's extremely important to understand where that customer is on their journey, why they're stuck, or even how you can close a deal. It cannot be an elusive process. It has got to be something that your organization needs to bring together in the back end in order for that customer to see you as one entity. Interesting, Jennifer. A question I'd like to then that sort of ask you about is, now not only adding to that issue of the siloed issue is that of AI. There's been this relentless march of artificial intelligence making its incursion into the world of B2B marketing. Twit, I guess my question to you is, firstly, how are you seeing AI change this issue, you know, bouncing off your answer, this issue of siloed, you know, personnel and siloed processes? And then more broadly, how are you seeing AI transform demand generation on the whole? Yeah, so I see AI as key to delivering the, the holy grail of account intelligence. Uh, everybody's trying to get information about that account or that customer in order to deliver that cohesive experience. And AI really provides more insight into those customer needs, the preferences, and even the persona of, the, of that individual or that customer. Um, it starts to unlock the behavioral aspect of persona marketing with greater success as it has done already. So I think we've always had the demographic aspect of, of these customers, but now when you look at the, the holy grail of behavioral aspect and really account intelligence, that's where AI comes in. So we've been doing the demographic persona marketing, but with the behavioral information, we, we can be much more targeted and effective in what we deliver both from a content perspective, from a solution perspective, et cetera, and when we deliver it. Um, AI really aids in bridging the, the siloed customer information that I talked about earlier that's locked in these marketing organizations, and it helps contribute to that better targeting. Um, the challenge here is that few companies have really budgeted or even planned for AI marketing initiatives. And if they have, there's still this, this nebulous area of who and how it's executed. Uh, it's still in discussion. For example, is it driven by the marketing team who really understands perhaps today some of those personas and really understands the marketing life cycle and marketing customer journeys, et cetera? Or is it the AI team, which is often where a lot of these data scientists exist and sit today from a headcount perspective? And so it's extremely important to bring these two organizations together to have that discussion and to really deliver that account intelligence that is pervasive and has to be the same account intelligence across the entire organization. Now, Jennifer, you sort of somewhat preempted a question I was going to ask you a little later, which was what are some of the 
barriers to adoption of AI in, in complex B2B marketing organizations. You touched upon there, some organizations haven't budgeted, some aren't really sure who should own that agenda. Would you be able to just expound a bit more about these barriers to adoption that you're either experiencing firsthand or again amongst your peers who you're speaking and consulting with? Absolutely. So as mentioned, in many organizations, the barriers are, in addition to those inherent organizational silos that I've, that I've highlighted a couple of times, is who makes the decision on deploying and delivering AI MarTech stacks? So um, it's traditionally the budget for these, for any type of infrastructure or marketing investment, although perhaps it is a marketing tool, it's been sitting in the IT or sometimes what's called the digital transformation teams, not necessarily in marketing um, because it is part of your IT stack. And so the problem with this is when, when the IT department is making these decisions, they really aren't marketers. They don't necessarily understand the key aspects for marketing effectiveness and success, such as customer journeys, such as what is the marketing funnel? How do you ensure that you're nurturing and retaining customers? What is attribution? All of these things, marketing intent, this, that's rather, rather elusive to an IT organization. And so there really has to be this cross-organizational understanding and knowledge transfer. And it, the way we work today has to change. These teams making these pivotal IT decisions for and with marketing need to become services teams for the organization. They need to be able to enable growth and innovation versus be impediments to success. And they really need to start to bring in the stakeholders, i.e. in this case, the marketers, to understand and make the decisions to assess where there's gaps in the IT stack today or the marketing stack today and to really build those out. And then lastly, to ensure that any decision made, any tool purchased, works with the tools that they have and is effective for the long-term goals of the organization. Interesting, Jennifer. Complexity is something that we've touched upon in this conversation sort of several times already. And, you know, when I, th when I think of complexity and, and perhaps my experience of it, it's very different to yours as in you're stewarding much larger organizations than I've ever been involved with. But I, I tend to think of the complexity for a B2B marketer, for those listeners of this show, to sort of really mean many different things. There's the different technology systems they're dealing with, the multiple product propositions that they have to make sure mm -hmm. end up in the right place, the scores of buy personas that they have to understand and then craft journeys for. My question to you is, in 2019, and frankly going on into the next year, 2020, do you see this world of the typical B2B marketer, whether in a mid-sized company or in a very large enterprise such as the one you're leading in, uh, do, you see, do you see life getting easier for them, Jennifer? Yeah, it is. It is complex. It sounds daunting just hearing you talk about it, Johnny, to be honest. <laughs> I, do believe, I do believe it will get better. But what it really requires is it has to be a cross-enterprise exercise. I don't care if you're a small company and you're just starting out with new tools and you're just putting in your first tool or you're a large company that's, that's inherited um, MarTech tools that might exist today. It, it will get better. But Without that internal alignment of systems and teams and personas, the, the CX experience at the end of the day, right, what that customer uh, digests from your organization, it's, it's simply broken. And you have to bring those tools together and you have to make this a cross-enterprise exercise. No company can succeed in delivering great customer experience if they 
aren't first aligned on delivering one voice to the customer, right? It's, it's as though you're all going to your customers speaking multiple languages and expecting them to understand it. That's not the customer's job. That's your job. So the key to start to bring together these silos will be really information sharing. For example, and this, this opens, you know, this, this requires opening the kimono to some degree. For, so, for example, you have to have one database across the organization, right? This, this can be extremely contentious in saying something like this, but, but you can't have multiple databases and expect to have one voice to the customer or one view to the customer. Certain aspects of this, these databases can be shared or locked or unlocked according to the need desired. So, for example, your sales team is probably going to have different fields that they're going to want from that database than your marketing team or your finance team. And AI can help with this by wrangling the data across the organization. But to achieve this, that collaboration, that cross-organizational view, is, it's an absolute must-have. It, it is non-negotiable. Jennifer, you've spoken about, just a moment ago, you talked about presenting one voice to the customer, and you've spoken about, you know, absolutely understanding that customers don't care about your demand gen team or your brand creation team or any of the internal wranglings. They care about their experience. And that very neatly brings us on to what I want to talk to you about, which is this concept of biocentricity. Our industry, as you well know, is filled with buzzwords or, or popular you know, new ways of formulating very core concepts which have been around for, frankly, years. But biocentricity is something that many of us hear about because of analyst firms such as the Serious Decisions of this world and the Foresters and even Gartners, if you're a sort of a CIO or someone in that realm. When you think of this idea of, of biocentricity or, or the bio, what, what comes to your mind and what do you think of when someone, when an analyst is, is lecturing you, you about that phrase and what that entails for your organisation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it really means changing the way you think, right? It means starting with the buyer first and working backwards, right? We've traditionally started with our brand or we want to create a white paper or we want to, you know, highlight some thought leadership around a topic. That, that's not buyer centricity. Buyer centricity is starting with the buyer. What are their needs? What, are their, what is the intent that they're showing? What is their challenge? And then really working backwards. And... It's really about you never want to deliver anything that the, to the buyer that doesn't speak to their unique challenge and the unique challenge that they are facing when they are facing it, right? Um, and that is, that is absolutely key. And as I said, it's, it's a very much a flipping of the way in which marketers are thinking today. And so in order to do this, marketers really need to understand the buyer, not just who they are, but also how they think. And not just at a one point in time, but at all times. And this requires consistent listening, not just when you're trying to sell with them. You have to be listening at all times. And this listening and responsiveness, when you do it right, it separates you from being simply buyer aware to being truly buyer centric. And that is, the, that is really the, the holy grail. That's key. So Jennifer, you just said a key phrase there about how it's important to understand how the buyer thinks. And one area where that's being sort of encapsulated and captured is this, this idea of intent, intent data. It's just one, but one data point. It's not the, the holy grail of data, but it's something that's very popular at the moment. 
I looked at Idio's own search traffic and we're 20% of visitors to our site come to us because of first party intent data. That's not the only type out there, of course. There's third party intent as well. To it, I guess my question to you is, what are your thoughts on intent data? How is it coming up in your own thinking and when you speak to your colleagues and peers in the industry? Yeah, I see intent data is absolutely key in a SaaS business model. First of all, I see it, it key in most business models, but I think there it's, it's just a no-brainer. It has to happen. And we're seeing intent data as highly relevant um, from our side in this notion of propensity to buy situations, as well as in, in upselling cross-sell opportunities. So once again, speaking to that, the importance of it in a SaaS business model. Um, we really use it on our side to better gauge our accounts and serve up the right content at the right time to progress sales or even move along stalled sales, right? It can be both. Depending on the behavioral data that we obtain um, from our accounts via intent data, what we'll then do is we'll translate this to key tactics to drive a more relevant online conversation and experience. So that intent data, better understanding that person serving up the right content at the right time, and then once again, listening to make sure that we're giving them what they need when they need it is, is absolutely key. So, um, for example, if we know that a customer is searching for a specific product at a specific time, then we'll serve them with a demo video at that time to be able to move them along, right? So once again, they're probably not at the awareness stage if they're looking at, de at demos, they're moving along a bit more to consideration. And so we want to make sure that based on what they're doing, based on how we've listened to them because of this intent data, um, we serve up the right content at the right time there. And it allows us to understand where they are in the buyer's journey better, who they are better, what their pains are better. And then once again, it allows us to do a much better job having a more fruitful conversation with them. Uh, online, um, in person, you name it, depending on where that, that marketing uh, experience lies. So Jennifer, we're coming towards the end of our time together on the show, but before you leave us, I have one final question for you. The name of the show is In The Know, and we're all about getting our guests to empower our listeners so that they can do better in their capacity as a B2B marketer or B2B sales or in demand creation, wherever they may sit in the in the org. To it, my question, my final question to you is, if there is one thing, one little nugget or a tip or an idea you have that our audience could benefit from to help them be in the know, to have a little one up on the competition, what is a, a book or a tip or an idea that you'd like to leave our audience with as they go about their, their jobs over the next few days and weeks? Yeah, I touched on this a bit, right? It's, it's this notion of everybody needs to be measured on not just their job, right? Did I, did I get the white paper out? Did I, um, you know, get high enough, you know, uh, website views, things like that. That is a very, very um, siloed approach to marketing. What we really need to look at is what is that customer experience, we need a team that understands and is focused on that customer experience first and foremost. And that team, in order to do that, has to be measured on collaboration across the marketing value chain. This means that they're not measured on a specific action. I talked about some of those actions when we started this, this question, but rather on thinking broader 
on thinking about that that customer journey, that customer experience, that buyer persona, and their needs. And when they do this, what will happen is is that those silos in a marketing organization will go away because they have to go away. They have to go away. So to do it, you have to build out the tools you need and make sure they work together. We talked a little bit about this, and they need to work with the ones you have. And you need to break out, break down those inherent customer data silos that exist in every organization today. CMOs need to ensure that their marketing teams are thinking broader. And they need to help them by working across the company to deliver that one view to the customer. If you're sitting as a marketer in, let's say, events, and you have no idea whether your uh, folks attending your event actually looked at a white paper, what they're interested in, where they're going for information, whether they're downloading information on certain topics. How are you going to be effective in serving up the right information to them when they walk up to your booth? You're not. And so the way in which CMOs can help today is really aiding and bringing those tools together. So they need to be thinking about questions like organizational construct. Does marketing know what sales is doing? What is sales sold to? You know, what have they given the customer to date? Um, I talked about this one a little bit. How does the events team work with the demand gen team to deliver consistency? Um, on the demand side, is every piece of content delivered able to be tracked and served at the right time and place? Um, is the website able to track visitors? And then, as I said, this speaks to the data requirements. We talked about AI and the importance of AI. What AI initiatives are needed to better understand customer behavior uh, before marketing to customers? And will an IT team support in bringing together data across an organization? And so CMOs need to help the teams think broader and start to uh, themselves work with those teams to, to break down these organizational silos. So... In closing, I mean, I'd like to say that delivering true customer centricity and reorganizing a team or company to do this, it's far from easy. I I recognize that. (laughs) Putting the the customer first in every experience and interaction um, in a language that is tailored to them is is no easy task. And so what I encourage organizations to do is, is do it in, in small bites, right? I like to say, you know, take a bite of the elephant one bite at a time, right? You're not going to solve it all tomorrow. You're not going to be able to go to one database with, with shared information tomorrow. But even just maybe bringing two groups together in your marketing organization to see the information or two teams, i.e. sales and marketing, finance and marketing, that in itself is a step in the right direction. And, and to do this, you need to always be listening and learning. And be prepared at all times to change to meet the needs of where that customer is and where they want to go and what their unique challenge is. Jennifer Schulze, thank you for joining us on In The Know. My pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time and for hosting me today. It was, was an absolute honor. Idio's demand orchestration platform learns from each interaction to improve engagement and accelerate demand at large B2B enterprises. You can now use AI to engage every buyer individually without marketing complexity. Find out more at idio.ai.